Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Guy we all love, all the pastors on staff, look to Carl. Um, just has some amazing guidance. He's spoken here before. And so before he uh, teaches, I just want to pray over him. Will you guys extend an arm with me and just pray over Carl? Father, thank you so much for Carl. Um, just the papa that he is in this family, Jesus. We're asking, Holy Spirit, you would speak through him. Let the word come. Open, uh, open ears, Jesus. Open hearts, God. Um, would you soften calloused hearts, Jesus? Holy Spirit, just come. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give it up for Carl, guys. Amen. Well, um, yeah, I'm excited to share uh, this morning. Um, We'll see how, how this goes. You know, um, me trying to focus my thoughts is a lot like herding cats. Um, so anyway, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, so it's a new season of life. You know, the fall has hit, right? Yeah, school's started. School's in swing. That's cool. I'm kind of glad our, um, our youngest daughter graduated last spring, so her schooling years have changed. She's out of school now, which... I'm kind of thankful for, honestly. Um, uh, yeah, she had a teacher that was, it was kind of, to be honest, it's kind of weird to say publicly, um, kind of had a thing for me. Um, we homeschooled, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, right there. That's cool. Just, I've been waiting to do that all week long. Just can't hardly, there it is, right there. Yeah, I'll wait for you to come. Some of you might be hyperventilating. Where is that going to go? Um, anyway, no, it's, um, it's a new season. Football season's here. Any football fans in there? Yeah, yeah, I'm a football fan. You know, um, to, to, to switch this, well, I'm going to say one more thing before I get serious, um, which that'll last for 30 seconds. Um, you know, I've been waiting to share a new joke for like weeks now. So some of you know the answer to this. What do you call... A dog with no legs. It, it don't matter. He's not coming. So you just call him what you want. It's okay. That's right. He has a pet-friendly service, so not really. Um, anyway, so this morning, as I'm driving here, we're riding here. Well, I'm driving. Actually, I was driving. My wife sometimes debates whether I'm actually driving, even though I'm the one holding the wheel. Um, the Lord, I felt like the Lord gave me the word for this morning, even though I prepared other words to share. Um, but they go together, but in, it even kind of halfway relates to football a little bit. Um, just a picture of football, not like in like specifics. But anyway, it was just that the word was Esther. Um, Esther. And when you think of Esther, I'm just curious, any, what comes to mind? And you could like say it out loud as long as it's appropriate. I don't know what, maybe it's an old girlfriend, don't say anything. That'd be weird, but like when you think of Esther from the Bible, anything come to mind? Courage, preparation, beautiful. For me, those are good. Um, I, I remember the Mordecai moment of, you're here, such a time as this. And I felt like that was in relation to us this morning. And really, um, at the heart of this message, I feel like, the, the, well, I shouldn't say feel, the Lord has really been turning my attention to the body of Christ corporately, not just in this room. 
Um, it's the for such a time as this reality that this is why we're here. Uh, it's for what he, he has an intention for us right now that um, he chose. He, I mean, he made us. Uh, he chose when we were born. Uh, he said, you're going to be here in 2019. That there's not an accident going on. Like, we're not accidents. Uh, just not happenstance that here I am. What am I supposed to do with myself? He made us, chose, and put us here right now together. And it's, it's for him, for his kingdom. And I really sense strongly that abiding word for the body of Christ that we all look around and look outside this building at other Christians and realize he put us here together right now for what he wants. And our corporate endeavor is to, is to, to dive into that, to be focused on that, that there's one overarching story that we don't want to lose track of. We all have individual stories, jobs, homes, stuff going on. Um, it's just crazy what life can bring. You know, you have plans for a day, you wake up in the morning, and then the car won't start, and then your plans change. It's just we have small stories that are real, and God's in those. Um, but there's a bigger story that all these are just components of. And that, I believe, is really the heart of things for this morning. And, you know, not to... My mind jumps around a lot, so hopefully this will still have some sort of linear value to it. S speaking of football, um, earlier I did. I did actually said I said football, so because I can be pretty random. Um, I like football a lot. When this, this phrase, I think Sam, some of you guys might know Sam McVeigh. Uh, he, he encapsulated this thought for me. I uh, just said, you know, there's a worship war going on. The, the overarching story on the planet is who gets worshipped. It's all that. It's either Jesus or it's not Jesus. That's it. There's only two things really to worship. Christ and then everything else. And... Now, this isn't a bag on football, but I look at football, I'm like, why are we, I'm, I'm like so drawn to football. How can you watch football so much? I don't know. My wife asked me that. I still don't have an answer. Um, but I think part of it is, there's a picture I see there. I go, it reminds me of, of what we're in, why we're here. We're, we're made, we're made for war, honestly. I mean, scripture says God's a warrior, and we're made in his image. So... All feelings aside, and ultimately irrelevant, we are warriors, whether we feel like it or not, because we're made in his image, and God is a warrior. And I look at football, and I go, why does that, so why does it have such a strong appeal? I'm like, well, because we're made to be on a team and go into a contest and win together. We're made for this. It's a picture of what we're made for. And so if you like football, I've just given you permission to, like, watch it and call it devotions, I guess. I don't know. But, like, you know, be prophetically inspired all afternoon for hours. And just, like, yeah, I spend all kinds of time with the Lord. Um, anyway, I look at that, and I'm like, Lord, this, this matches. I mean, like, stands full of people. We're surrounded by a crowd of witnesses. Do you ever feel that? Does it ever strike you, like, genuinely, deeply, there's a, there's a cloud of witnesses called heaven watching us right now, right now, this season, saying, what will you do? What will we do with this moment that he chose to put us in together? It's for this time, such a time as this. Here we are. And um, this morning, I wanted to highlight just a few scriptures uh, that I felt drawn to, and then we're going to spend some time praying together at the very end. Uh, the first passage I really wanted to highlight was... Um, 
Isaiah 62. If you, want to, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn there. Isaiah 62. And again, the backdrop for this morning is for such a time as this. Here we are. We are here for this, for this moment. Isaiah 62, the first uh, seven verses. I want to read these. It might t- it'll take a second here, but um, Isaiah 62, 1 to 7. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. There's some determination there. Until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings, all kings, your glory. And you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will will designate. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. It will no longer be said to you forsaken, nor to your land will any longer be said desolate but you will be called, my delight is in her, and your land will be called married, for the Lord delights in you, and to him your land will be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent, You who remind, this is such a big phrase, you who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. You know, some of the, just there's so many thoughts here. You know, we're grafted in to the Jewish family. That's a big thing. You ever wonder how there can be so much turmoil on the planet over such a tiny little country? Israel, the land of the Jews. Uh, Jesus was a Jew. We're grafted in. It's a big deal. And this whole concept of praying for the peace of Jerusalem, pray, just that God, you're going to come back, not to some random place. We'll find out where it is. He said, I'm coming back. There's a new Jerusalem coming down. There's this thing going on that we're contending for of who gets all the worship. And it's our bridegroom king. He's coming back. And we're the bride. Turn to somebody and say, you're the bride. Yeah, better yet, turn to a guy and say, you're the bride. <laughs> yeah, what a fun thing. You're the bride. Yeah, but we are. We are. There's, you know, and I, I think often about this picture of we're, we're the bride. He is the bridegroom king. And there's so many realities in the picture of a wedding moment, um, a bride and a groom at the altar. And I had a friend who got married um, it's been a while back in the summer. Out, it was an outdoor wedding at a farm. It was really cool. It was a beautiful time. And they did the whole, the whole wedding. They like highlighted um, what would be Jewish uh, marriage like ceremony uh, traditions and like why they were there. And the one that stood out to me the most was the bridegroom comes in first and waits on the bride. She comes later. It's not the bride chasing after the groom. He came for us. Scripture says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And so that, that simple picture at a wedding where the groom is there waiting is because that's the story we're in. He's like, I'm yours if you want me. And then we're at an altar. And the marriage vows are so, I've, you know, over the years I've done a few weddings. Um, I'm usually just in it because there's cake at the end, you know, and I'm up for cake because cake is full of sugar and that's just a wonderful thing I thank the Lord for often. And 
Anyway, at the, at, the, at the wedding ceremony, there's vows and things, right? And I've kind of realized, in general, they boil down to this thing, the simple heart reality of, I don't want anything or anyone else but you. And then it's like, yep, I don't want anything or anyone else but you. That's what it boils down to. Nothing else matters. Sickness, if I feel good, feel bad, I'm rich and poor, no matter who else is on the planet, none of that is relevant. I just want you. And that's a marriage. And that's worship. We sing it in so many different ways all the time. I just want you. You're all, you're all I want. Um, in this picture, you think about how you could alter that picture just the tiniest bit and how inappropriate it would be. You know, ladies, how many of you would be okay if your husband-to-be was at the altar and there was a string of old girlfriends? It's like, well, they're so, you know, such good memories here. Just thought they would enjoy it. would be like, would you be up for that, anybody? Just, no, probably not. Men, you know, if your, you know, old boyfriend's up there with you all, would you be just like, oh, that's so nice. I mean, I know you had a special moment. or You know, just how inappropriate to be at an altar with any kind of division in our heart to go, I, I just want you. And it's not a, it's not a um, declaration of I'll be perfect and I'll never fail. It's none of that. But it's an intention of this is the truth. I'm forsaking everything and everyone else and just simply giving myself to you. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I don't have a life. Dead men don't have rights. They don't get wants. It'd be weird to do. Ask a corpse sometime, what would you like? They probably won't answer. Because it's dead. It's gone. The, our lives are supposed to end, and we come to Christ and say, I give everything up, and I come to you. So there's this picture of surrender, and Isaiah 62 gives this picture of contending. Watchmen on the walls day and night. What are we contending for? Because we're not actually physically dead. We're here breathing and living and making choices. So it's kind of like it is this dead man walking thing of like, I'm alive, and I'm making decisions. I'm living, and I'm choosing worship. We're choosing um, what to value, what to pursue. And I know it's not new information, but just to say it out loud, we're at war. Again, um, Ephesians 6 talks about spiritual armor. Does life feel like war to you? Do you feel the spiritual war that we're in? The real war we're in isn't how to get the yard mowed and get the trees trimmed and fixed the gutter, even though that can feel like just frustrating battle. I mean, there's life stuff, honestly, that just weighs you down. Like, just the list of to-do things can seem like they never go away. Uh, but that's really not the war we're in. The war we're in is so spiritual that the enemy is simply contending for us to have our hearts and our minds drawn away from Christ to anything and anyone else. And I just had this picture so many times as I was preparing for this morning of, of a guy standing in an office and just realizing uh, the, the effort of the enemy to simply completely occupy his mind, his attention with everything going on around him. And the Spirit of God is saying, that's not the story you're really in. The bigger story is, I want my kingdom here in this place. I put you here for a purpose and for a reason. And it's not to get things done. It's not to work for the man or the woman or whoever. It's light in the darkness. You're here as light in the darkness. 
And we're contending for the glory of God. This picture of a bridegroom king who's coming back. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I've appointed a watchman. Here's what we're contending for day and night, everywhere we are. They'll never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. Give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. He wants to have his glory in his people, and we are grafted in. We're his people. He wants to show up in our lives. Psalm 37.4 says, Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. He'll provide for you what you desire the most. Um, the NASB says it this way, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we're, we're asking for this overarching story again to be that he is our all in all, that we are united to him and everything else has lost its affection in our hearts. We're going to ask the Lord for three things in prayer this morning. Um, And I just want to cruise through these and then we're going to spend some time actually in prayer. Uh, The first one is, um, let me get my pages turned here. I want to pray for the fear of the Lord, which is kind of a big thing to ask for. But we're going to ask God for revelation, Holy Spirit revelation in three areas. The first one is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And fear there doesn't mean like um, to be intimidated by, scared of, and running away from God. Like I'm afraid. And we, you know, in our culture, fear typically means that. Um, if you're afraid, you run from it. You don't run toward it. Um, but the fear of the Lord is, is, is more uh, to be deeply struck to the core of who you are with the reality of his greatness. That he is, he is good beyond my ability to understand. Um, the, fear of the fear of God is where he just simply overwhelms and outshines everything else. Like, actually. I mean, it's easy as a Christian to go, I know you're the most important. It's another thing to be struck the core of my heart with you matter more than everything. You made everything. Like the reality of who he is to hit home. Isaiah um, chapter 6. Uh, if you'd turn there with me real quick. Isaiah 6 is um, a passage that comes to mind all the time. Where he, Isaiah is in the temple. He has this encounter with the Lord. Isaiah 6. In the year of King Uzziah, verse 1. In the, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With, with two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. I mean, that alone is pretty intense, let alone the Lord being there. One calls out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds, trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. You know, just a little pause there. That's one reason I'm like not really a fan of smoke machines because I'm like, you know, if the presence of God filled the room, I'd like to know it's not your smoke machine. I'm just saying, just like, just so, if, just going, hey, like, like that can actually happen. It's happened. So that'd be cool for that to happen. Side note, sorry, back on track. Verse five, then he said, woe is me for I am ruined. This is Isaiah's response. He sees all this and he says, woe is me, I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth and with it he said, behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquities taken away, your sins forgiven. When I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? 
Who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. Just this simple reality of one encounter with the Lord, the fruit of that is surrender. And I'm just struck again um, how I've, you know, I'm, I'm 51. Um, most of my life with Christ was me trying to do what was right because it was the right thing, so I was told. And I've replaced that with this hunger for revelation, like, Lord, if we could just see you, we wouldn't have, the trying would go down because the revelation would go up. That when we see who he is and how he loves us and it hits us in our heart, it's an easy response to go, here I am. I don't want something else. You know, um, the struggle with love ends when we see correctly. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to go there in a minute. I see lots of shirts, you know, compelled by the love of Christ. Paul's statement was so powerful. Why am I doing all this? I'm compelled by his love. It's different than being compelled by effort and trying to do what's right. It's compelled by love. And, And when Isaiah sees the Lord, he surrenders and says, here am I. And that, that's the fear of the Lord picture we're going for, is, Lord, that you want your bride's heart completely and fully, and so we're going to ask for revelation, the fear of the Lord to hit us, that we see who he really is, and all his love and glory and goodness. And then we go, you made us. You made us for yourself, so here I am. Have me. That's all I want. Devotion goes all to him and to nothing else. No divided loyalties. So that's the first request, is, if, is that he would hit us with, that we'd be hit by the fear of the Lord. The second one um, I want to pray for is boldness with the gospel. Um, well, actually, before I move on, the other, the other um, scripture that comes to mind about being uh, struck with the fear of the Lord is also, I think, tied to that reality is the, the parable of the hidden treasure. Remember the story when the man's walking through the field and he finds a hidden treasure? What's he do? Puts it back, then what's he do? He runs to sell everything. He's like, man, I'm going to buy this place. I want this. Why would you do that? Simple logistics. Everything I have, that's worth more. That's worth more than everything. That's the exchange we're doing with God. We're not giving up somehow the good life to serve Jesus. We're actually giving up the lesser life to be with the one who made life. That's better. That's the, I mean, what he invites us into, and this is this, I don't know what to call it. It's like, um, it's not an oxymoron, but it's like this opposite thing. It's, it's what he says. You know, if you deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, lose your life, guess what you find? Life. So die to yourself to find life. This is thing of, um, the reality is, if I give up everything, you'll give me something that's worth more. If I deny myself, it'll actually be better for myself. And he's like, yes, that's, that's right. If you will live for me, it'll be better than anything else you could have. All the pleasure on the planet combined is like nothing compared to the man Christ Jesus. And he invites us in. Um, Jordan said this morning, he invites us into himself. That's what we're, that's what we're going after is, him, is he himself. He is the treasure. Um, so we're going to ask for the fear of the Lord, the revelation of him, his goodness, and his life to just consume us, the church. The other thing we're going to ask for is boldness with the gospel. Do you ever feel a struggle to be bold about Christ? Anybody? Seriously? Why? I mean, seriously, why? I mean, what's the struggle? It's not conviction of, like, he's true. I find myself there all the time. 
Yeah, you're laying yourself out there. You're taking a risk to speak up for Jesus because we're in a spiritual war and we have an enemy that does not want us to speak up for Jesus. Scripture also says we're the light of the world. Light's pretty, pretty special. You ever, have you ever been in like complete darkness? How hard is it to function in darkness? It's hard. I used to actually, as a, um, as a summer job once, uh, I grew up in Nebraska around some limestone mines, quarries, and I got a job one summer working in the mine. Um, underground, if you turn off the lights, it is dark. You don't see anything. I mean, your hand's right here, and the only way you know it is to, like, to touch your own face. It's just darkness um, is dark. And quote me on that. And, need a moment you can journal that that'd be special later I'm sure but we're the light of the world and without and I'm not trying to switch roles here the, the Lord Jesus is the light in us I mean it's not us it's really him in us but he says you're the light of the world don't be hidden because everybody's in darkness no matter how smart they seem put together they seem what they have what their toys are what they know where they've been all that Christ is light in life and anything outside of that is darkness and death. That's just the gospel. And so when we're in this contention with darkness to speak up for Jesus, we need the Spirit of God to fill us with truth, not just doctrine, not just human words, but we're looking for boldness that comes out of revelation. So we're praying for the fear of God, revelation of who he is to fill us so that when we shine the light, it's not just like, well... I guess that's what you think, or you're telling me your opinions. We're not opinion sharers. We're gospel preachers. That's so different. Um, I have, you know, I know what it is. Well, some of you probably do too. You know, you know the distinction between hearing from the Lord and hearing from man? It's like you're in, a, you're in a, a personal scenario where you're looking for direction, and you talk to 10 friends, and the whole time they're talking, you're just like, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, not to be rude, but you're going like, oh, I think this, and I think that. Well, one time this, one time that, and just like there's all this data flowing. And then you hear from the Lord, and you go, that's, that's real, that's true. I just know it is. That's what we're really praying to happen on a massive scale is that literally hundreds of thousands of people would hear from the Lord and go, he's the light of the world. He's the savior of mankind. And I desperately need him. And what you're saying is truth. And I'm in for that transaction to happen. And so that tracks back to these simple pictures from Scripture about, you know, we're supposed to believe on him, but we can't believe on the one we've not heard of. And, and how are they going to hear about him unless we speak? So it's not a gospel guilt-driven, we've got to say the name of Jesus more. It's really looking, and this is a whole other message, but to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, that we hear him speaking all the time, every place we ever are, because every place we ever are, there's an overarching, overarching story that we're in. It's his story, and that we're in tune with that, and that we are preaching the gospel with boldness, not because of what we remember somebody saying, but we're testifying about the one we know. Isaiah, think about what he would be like to talk to. Hey, Isaiah, what do you think about the Lord? I saw him. You know, I've, I think I shared that last time. It's, it's from the movie Elf. It always hits me. 
where he's like, I know him. You know, you can talk about Santa, but I know him. And like, that's what we're talking about living in. I, I know him. I've seen him. Not opinion, fact, experience, real experience. I know him. That's what we want. And the boldness with the gospel comes out of that. So we're going to pray for the fear of the Lord to fall in church. That's a big thing to pray. We're going to pray for boldness with the gospel. God has put you in touch with people he wants to reach. That's just what it comes down to. The people around you he wants to reach. And, and we, want, we have to have boldness, but it's got to be born of the Holy Spirit. So we're going after that. And I kind of already mentioned this. The final thing we're going to pray for this morning is for harvest. Um, and it isn't for people to come to church to get involved um, I remember a young man one time I was talking to uh, who had grown up kind of in the church was a perspective. I don't know the exact details, um, but he was in his 20s, living a party life, uh, smoking, you know, his deal was smoking pot and kind of living off dad. And we're talking, and he knew I was like a preacher guy. You know, sometimes I like to hide that. It's really funny when people don't know, like, stuff I've done. And like I hang out with them, and they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, actually, I do a lot of worship stuff. And it's just like, you can see that there's like, they back up, and there's panic on their face. They're like, oh, my word. I, 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 oh, I've said some stuff to you that I should not have said. And they're just like freaking out because they realize you're, you're one of those preacher guys. And so I don't always tell people that up front. But he knew this, and we're standing there, and he's like, you know, I know. And like, he's like confessing to me. And I'm, I, I was actually working for a guy. I was there to, like, paint apartments that, you know, and I was just doing, like, a side job thing, and he was in charge. And I'm like, you know, where's the paint? And he's just like, you know, I know I really need to clean my life up. And he's just going into confessional. It's kind of funny. Um, and he's like, I know I need to, like, get, you know, I need to fix, you know, and get, kind of get back to church and stuff. I just looked at him, and I'm like, well, why? And he's just, like, blank stare. Um, um, it's like, aren't, I thought you were, like, a, a preacher guy like you should be happy by me wanting to clean myself up and go to church more I'm like that like that's not really what it's about and he's just like um what do you what do you mean I'm like you can sit in church and not smoke pot yay Christ did not make you to sit in a building for two hours once a week and not smoke the wacky weed whatever you know I'm just going that's not why he made you what did he make us for what is the story that we're in? The big story, to know him and to greet him when he comes back, to be his, just to be his, fully, completely, absolutely, in every way, to be his. So we're gonna pray for harvest of that, that people would awaken to Jesus Christ, their creator, the lover of their souls, and surrender. Surrender their lives to him, that their story wouldn't be, one day I prayed this thing, it seemed to matter, and now I go to church more. But they would live a life of relationship and fellowship in and with Jesus Christ himself, and that their story would be, I am his, I'm his, that's my story, I'm just his, and I do stuff, I go places, and he speaks to me, but the real story is simply, I'm his, and he's coming back, and that's all I want. So we're gonna pray for those three things. I hope that makes, fear of the Lord, you in? Somebody, somebody say, fear of the Lord. All right, that's good. Fear the Lord. All right, what was the other one? Boldness with the gospel. I forgot it. That's why I asked because it's my notes, but I didn't. I couldn't look right there because it'd be so obvious. The second one is boldness with the gospel. Third one, harvest. 
for a harvest. Are they up there? Man, somebody types fast because I did not give them any notes. Way to go, fast typer. You rock. That is so cool. Anyway, we're going to pray for those three things. Um, we're going to do a song, though, right now, uh, bef- like in tandem with this. So we're going to pray these three things. We're going to get in groups and pray for them. All right? Fear the Lord, boldness, and harvest. And please don't forget, in, the, in that fear of the Lord thing, the, the key word would be revelation. We want to see him. We want to see him. God wants you to see him, like for real. Scripture is full of it, like dreams, visions, angelic encounters. That's normal Bible to go, I'm not just going on what somebody told me and sounded good. I, I've met him. I've met him. I've seen him. So we're praying for that to come. But we're going to sing this song, um, Oh How He Loves. And simply, I'm going to pray, and then, um, and then you guys gather up and pray for those three things, and then we're going to go into this song. Does that make sense? Let me see what time it is. Oh, we got lots of time before we go home and do our football devotions. So anyway, let's just pray. If you'd stand with me, and then um, after I pray, just find a few people. Let's pray for those three things. Lord, we, we pray. Lord, I know you've called us to be what you've called the church to your kingdom activity. There's not a small group of people on the planet called to ministry. Believers are on the team and called to contend together for victory, your victory to come in sweeping fashion across this nation, across the nations of the earth. Lord, we stand here, and I know our overarching picture isn't just this room. It is right here and beyond. It's a city It's a county area, it's a whole state, and it's the nations of the earth. Lord, we pray, tune us into yourself fully. Lord, I pray ultimately for the fruit that everywhere we are, the loudest thing in our heads and our hearts will be your voice and your kingdom. And and what is coming out of us is kingdom. Not smothered, not hidden. And Lord, I know we're at war. We know the enemy of our souls comes to quench that fire, and we know you're a greater fire. We're praying for you to pour out your spirit now as we intercede for each other and for your bride and for your coming bride that's to be saved, your lost sons and daughters, Father. So we pray for revelation this morning. Lead us now as we pray. Lord, we receive your invitation to be watchmen on the walls and to contend for your glory and your honor. Let's find some folks and pray together. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.